Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hey everyone, before we dive into today's episode, I just want to do a reminder to everyone who's listening that if you don't like my opinions, if you don't like people's opinions to do with your favourite book series, do not send them death threats. I received a death threat about a few hours before recording of someone telling me to kill myself because I was talking about how Percy isn't that well written in Heroes of Olympus and I'm not liking how he's being written in Heroes of Olympus and the fact that I don't like Neo. So um, yeah, reminder, <laughs> if you don't like me talking about, well talking negatively about your favourite characters, literally just switch off the episode and go about your life. Don't seek me out on social media to tell me to kill myself because you just look pathetic. And honestly, anyone who sends that sort of stuff, get therapy grow up, get a life, and fuck off of my podcast. Thanks very much. Let's get into the episode, and hopefully I won't sound as pissed off as I currently am. Hello everyone, and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Rowan Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rowden in timeline order. I'm your friendly neighbourhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome to the show. We're, we're just going to kind of get into this uh, because uh, I've got some thoughts um, and considering I had a mini opener for this episode, oh, I'm going to get some more stuff if people don't listen to that opener. So <laughs> let's dive in. Well, actually, no, we'll say before this, um, if you would like to support this podcast and you don't hate me, consider <laughs> supporting me on Patreon to get early access to these episodes, as well as subscribing to my YouTube channel and buying my books. Links all down in the episode show notes. Thank you all very much. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Mark of Athena section, Dates and Solo Quests, which is from pages 385 to 404. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got relationships, plot, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. Now these sections, we have one chapter from Percy's POV, and then the next few chapters, I think it's, no, is it only one chapter or two? I can't remember now. From Annabeth's perspective. So we're going to start first, of course, because Percy is up first, with the overview for Percy's chapter. And it goes as follows. Percy and Annabeth make their way through Rome with difficulty to find the way to the Tibber River. Or River Tibber. I don't know. <laughs> like typical tourists, they struggle due to not knowing the language or having a map on them. Which, you know, I now fully understand the suckiness of not being able to have Google Maps because you can't have a phone. Um, Because <laughs> phones are evil for demigods. After reaching the Colosseum, they gain directions and make their way to the Tibber before stopping for lunch. Percy is having internal stress about letting Annabeth do anything alone, but Annabeth isn't having it. 
when Gregory and Aubrey from Roman Holiday turn up and announce themselves as the gods of the river, the two demigods realise Anima's quest is about to begin. Percy finally stops being Percy and lets Anamath go with the movie star gods and this time he doesn't follow. And uh, you may now understand why I'm kind of like, wow, if people didn't like my opinions for the last week's episode, they're definitely not going to like my opinions for this week's because um, I hate Percy right now. I... <laughs> Uh, it's like what I was saying last week Percy in Heroes of Olympus I'm just not liking this dude like he's in a sense trying to take away Annabeth's agency in this moment the fact that I had to write and like well technically I didn't have to write but I couldn't think of any way to phrase the fact that he lets Annabeth go uh, it's just it oh that frustrated me because if that was the situation he realized he had to let her go on her own even if he didn't like it. Even though it wasn't his choice anyway. This whole section just kind of frustrated me because it was all about Percy's feelings. It was literally the only reason he stopped bugging Annabeth and trying to get himself to go on the quest is because he could see how afraid Annabeth was and he knew if he kept pushing, she wouldn't go and she'd spend the rest of her life regretting it. It took until literally the last moment for him to recognise his girlfriend's feelings and actually respect them and back off. And I'm going to talk about that more in the relationship section, but that this whole chapter should have been Percy supporting Annabeth instead of thinking about himself and what he wants to do. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> like... Your girlfriend's about to go on a really dangerous quest and all you're thinking about is trying to find a way to kind of go on it with her or to not have her go instead of, you know, actually checking in to see if she's doing okay. Like, that's that's a normal... I know they're teenagers and he's a teenage boy, but, like, logic dictates you should be asking how your partner is doing ahead of a super dangerous solo quest, but... I'll, look, I'll talk about it more in the relationship section because I have more to say but I don't want to get it all out now and have the hate train start so early so <laughs> uh, we're going to go into Annabeth's section so here is the overview for Annabeth's chapters on her very own Roman holiday with Audrey and Greg and yes I couldn't I know Audrey Hepburn but I couldn't remember Gregory the actor's last name so I'm just calling him Greg um, Annabeth tries to keep her wits about her as the old gods wreck her mind talking about ancient Rome as if, as if it happened yesterday. Eventually they came to a stop outside a building where instead of going in it or walking the streets, Annabeth would be going beneath it. Annabeth is then told to seek out the shrine for the foreign god within the underground city and then from there she'd have to find her own way. None of her siblings have made it that far before but hopefully Annabeth will be the first. Gregory asks her if she knows what she must face down there and in thinking of the spiders and the hissing voice Percy heard in his dreams, Annabeth does. Entering the underground, she finds a cavern that leads into darkness. Making a shrewd but ingenious ladder of plastic swords and kite string, Annabeth begins her journey into the underbelly of Rome. Ooh, I love Annabeth. I'm so glad she's getting her own solo quest, which will mainly be being discussed next episode. I know this section is called Solo Quests, 
but it's kind of the start of it so maybe I should have named it differently but it's happened now so we're just going to ignore it um <laughs> feedback for this section um Annabeth still uh, Annabeth's dad is still a, a twat um he still fucking sucks I don't care if he's tried to bond with her in recent years he is still and I'm not going to say the worst word because I know a lot of Americans listen to the show and like you consider this to be the worst kind of word um but he's a see you next Tuesday if you get my drift um <laughs> like so the Roman holiday aspect and the reason why she's seen these gods to do with Roman holiday is because her and her dad watched classic old romantic films basically together and it's the it's still the only time that she ever gets to have her dad to herself and from the sounds of it it's still pretty damn rare this man really does not put in any effort with his own child and I know he's got other children with his current wife but like still put some effort in make her feel part of the family you make your wife treat her better you treat her better have her brothers treat her better I don't like you um anyway uh I just had to bring it up just because Rick really does kind of (sighs) Rick basically just tries to make it seem like it wasn't that bad when literally in this very same book we have Annabeth talk about the abuse that she was experiencing of being attacked at night and screaming out for her dad to help her and he would know considering he knows that she's born from the goddess from Greek mythology but is then told by her stepmother to stop annoying her dad and it leads to her running away I mean like we've seen the level of abuse that she dealt with and yet in the same book we're trying to be shown oh but her dad's trying now i'm like he should have tried when she was seven come on um anyway um i know this is the first time um that we're getting a, a first book we're getting in annabeth's pov um but there is there is something that happens in this section that does surprise me and it is a moment where she kind of becomes annoyed and frustrated that she doesn't have any powers and like okay I get, I get it to a degree, like I get it, but don't get it at the same time. Because like, it would be easier if she had powers. And like the the comparison to others of like, you know, Hazel can find things really easily underground, she should be great here, Percy controls water, Jason can fly, all that sort of stuff. Um, But it just felt kind of really random, especially for this book where currently every problem that has occurred has been solved by Annabeth's intelligence. Well, not every problem. Every problem that she's been involved with, I guess is the way to explain it. She's helped fix the situation through her intellect. And not even just in this book. The entire series, when she's involved in something, she is usually the one who helps solve the issue through her intellect. Like, more often than not, Annabeth is the one helping to save people. So it was just, it felt like a little random that when she was looking down into the cavern and it's like, oh my god, there's no easy way to get down. That she then had like a mini moment of hopelessness of, oh, I wish I had powers because like, I'm useless, there's nothing I can do. And then immediately after that, seeing the swords and kind of doing the kite stuff. Like, she's, Annabeth is a genius. She would have seen those, because she sees the swords and kite strings straight away and then sees, you know, the drop down fully black cavern where you can't see the bottom you can't tell me that she would have seen those swords and strings and then seen that cavern and then immediately not gone 
oh, I can use those to forge a ladder to climb down. The fact that she kind of almost went to, like, not a level of self-loathing, but kind of what Piper did earlier in the book of, oh, I'm so useless, I can't do anything, all I've got is a sword and a pretty voice sort of stuff. It kind of gave that vibes. And it was just really random and unexpected. Like, again, I get that she has... Uh, like I, I get why she'd be frustrated about not having powers because it makes things simpler but also I don't get it because she's really smart and has helped save a lot of people because of her intellect and done incredible things because of her intellect I don't know you, you get what I mean um well hopefully uh <laughs> but kind of to go into the main topic section so again I'm not going to talk about the relationship stuff actually maybe I should talk about that uh, all the stuff's kind of negative so it won't really make me I'll talk about the plot first <laughs> I probably will talk about this more in the next episode as well um, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more here in general because look I love Annabeth I love her getting her moments leading a quest properly because you know the one in the Battle of the Labyrinth she led it for a period of time and then Percy kind of took it over but having a solo quest and leading it well, because obviously it's solo, but like leading a quest, even if it's solo, it's like I, I'm happy for her. But I feel bad at the same time because the statue plot is dumb. Arcane, Arcane, Arachne. <laughs> it's the spelling. I can, I'm keeps not seeing the H, um, and then dyslexia. Arachne is a seriously cool villain. I have no issue with her involvement whatsoever and what it leads to for the Tartarus stuff. But the statue is stupid because it doesn't actually do anything. They get the statue, they take it back to Camp Half-Blood for the Demigod War and it literally does, it makes no difference. It makes no difference. This book should have just been more on the Seven building together as a group instead of kind of like Insta- Insta group, we're going to call each other friends from the get go because that's unrealistic. It should have been them building together as a group, finding their dynamic, working together well as a team, saving Nico to learn about the doors of death. And I'm going to be doing a video on this on my YouTube channel to go in more depth. But basically, for me, what should have happened is they leave the US, travel the sea, save Na- N- Nico. <laughs> I nearly said Nico. But instead of him being in the jar with the giants, he's in a jar with Arachne nearby. And his jar is then over the chasm that falls into Tartarus. They save him with Annabeth leading the charge because she's the best. But then her foot gets caught in the web. And that's what pulls her in with Percy then falling with her. That way, when Nico is with the Seven, he feels such intense guilt and conflict because of it leading to all the stuff that happens in House of Hades, minus the stupid statue stuff that continues for that and Blood of Olympus. Because to this day, I just don't understand the statue. I Truly, I do not understand the point of the statue because it doesn't do anything. There's no real significance for it. it just kind of like a, felt like a random side quest that was just given really big importance for means that don't make sense. Like, the main plot really should be about the seven working together, defeating some giants along the way for the final big boss battle with the giants in Gaia at the end. Why the statue? That's, I'm, that's why I'm kind of like, I'm frustrated a little bit because they talk about the statue in this section. That's why I'm bringing it up, I feel the need to say. 
I'm bringing it up in this part because they mentioned the statue um, and how it could possibly unite people, etc., and like solve the rift. But it doesn't. That's why I'm kind of like, but it it, <laughs> it didn't need to be here because it doesn't actually do the thing that you're saying it's going to do. Um, there, there is a way. There was a way to kind of do this sort of stuff with Arachne and the Tartarus stuff that would have worked really, really well. Because then when you're seeing the group of seven together and seeing them work together, it should have been that when they when they get to the giants and they defeat the giants, they get then sent right back to Camp Half-Blood for the war. And because they're all working together, Romans and Greeks, people are kind of surprised by that because they're not fighting the other people when they arrive there. They're trying to stop them from fighting. They're not there to hurt people. They're just here to stop them because they've solved the problems. But then guy stuff, etc. I'm getting slightly off topic and getting much further ahead in the series, but hopefully you guys know what I mean. And again, I'll be doing videos on this on my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of France, so stay tuned. But going into the relationship stuff. <laughs> to Seaweed Brain Pod, I am sorry. This section here and the, the, the... Well, this section of the book and the previous part as well, so last week's episode for The Golden Boy just makes me not think that uh well, it just makes me think that the per that Persever is not the best love story ever told i'm sorry because <laughs> this section specifically is having it percy's doing my head in because like, like i was saying before instead of actually focusing on annabeth and comforting her and you know helping her in the lead up to all of this stuff he's focusing on his feelings now we have this moment where they're walking through Rome and heading towards the Colosseum and stuff like that. And Annabeth is clearly, from how, Emily, how I'm reading it, but, it, you know, kids do, well, people do this when they're nervous. They talk about the things that they like. So she's seemingly distracting herself by talking about all the architecture around her. But Percy is not paying attention to her at all. Instead, and Emily, fair enough that he is doing this, but he should be focusing on her as well. He's looking at all, like, the ghosts and creatures and naiads and stuff like that are appearing around him wondering if they're going to attack so he's not focusing on his partner at all yes keep an eye out for danger but still focus on your partner who is about to go on an incredibly dangerous solo quest who is probably fucking terrified and just wants your support but all he ends up doing is finding ways to kind of delay 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 you know, uh, keeps thinking about ways in which he can find a way to get himself to carry, you know, go with her. And like I mentioned, the only reason he stops is because he sees that Annabeth's scared. And all I can think is, if he'd actually been paying attention to her, he probably would have noticed that she was scared the entire time and would have actually then focused on comforting her and making sure that, like, boost her up tell her she's got this you know that you believe in her because there's a moment where she says to him do you not trust me do you not believe in me and he doesn't answer that first question by the way he says i believe in you but he doesn't say that he trusts her like basically like she's basically asking if he trusts in her abilities if he believes in her abilities and he says he believes in but he doesn't trust it I just thought that was like a really interesting, you know, lack of response to her first question. Because, um, yeah, I, I just, 
if that was my partner, if that was like, if my girlfriend was about to go on a dangerous journey, on a quest of some sort, yes, I would probably want to go with her. But if I know that I can't, and it's something she has to do on her own, and it's something that if she doesn't do, she will probably end up hating herself for the rest of her life, I would spend the last amount of time that we have left before she has to go building her confidence, letting her know that I believe in her, letting her know that I know she can do this, letting her know that if it wasn't for her, I probably would have been dead multiple times. Abilities or not, you are capable. Like, boost her up. Give her the ego boost she needs before going on this dangerous quest. Don't do nothing. <laughs> like, he do- like, he doesn't really even kind of offer her any words of confidence or support really and it kind of it frustrates me because Percy this is your girlfriend like you're kind of being a shit boyfriend here and it makes me really mad support her give her these words of affirmation uh, of affirmation I missed the last part of that word give her some words of affirmation build that confidence tell her she can do this tell her you believe in her and you know when she has in the later section that I'll discuss next week when she has those moments of not believing in herself she can think about what Percy was saying before she has a moment in the next section not to kind of talk too much about it where she says that she wishes Percy was with her in that moment she could have thought about what he was saying when they were having lunch at a restaurant of him saying I believe in you I know that even if I'm with you or or if you're by yourself, you are capable of anything. She could have had those words of confidence with her that entire time, but he doesn't give her any of that. Instead, the literal last section is him saying he lets her go and doesn't follow. Mate, it wasn't your goddamn choice anyway. You wouldn't have been allowed to go. And... It's just like he doesn't, he doesn't even wish her good luck. It, oh, does, actually no, I don't have the book with me so I can't double check that. But it just frustrates me that <laughs> he doesn't really kind of stand with her until she asks him to. Like, she shouldn't have had to ask if you believe in her. You should have been telling her that from the get-go. So, I'm just frustrated with Percy because he's not being the best boyfriend here. Um, like he even had that whole section like in the previous section I was quite proud of him because he recognised that he was being selfish but then he just continued to be more selfish here <laughs> of like thinking more about himself whereas he had like a whole thing of Annabeth was looking for him for six months and this wasn't even the first time he'd gone missing you know the Ojigia thing where he was missing for two weeks and she thought he was dead and they were doing his funeral and she was devastated he's put her through so much more strife than she has and yet he was focusing more on himself instead of actually trying to support her I know teenage boys can be dumb but goddamn Percy focus on your girlfriend and give her love and support She's about to go on a dangerous journey. Words of affirmation are your friend. <laughs> and that's kind of all I have to say on that. <laughs> oh, God. I'm afraid of what my DMs are going to look like now. Um, I have nothing else to say. 
about this. I'm slightly nervous now about the question of the episode because that was what led the death threats coming. Um, well, that and the episode as a whole, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> of course, um, like I was about to generally summarise, didn't like this section because Percy was a lot more selfish than he should be considering all the development he went through, but that's just how it be. For this week's question of the episode, I want to know, was anyone else somewhat frustrated by Percy not fully supporting Annabeth ahead of her solo quest? Did anyone else notice it? That's also kind of the additional thing, because, like, I don't ever really hear this sort of discussion point, so I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this as a whole. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, if you want to support me, check out my Patreon, uh, buy my books, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, etc, etc, etc. Find me on social media. If you send death threats, I'm going to put you on blast. <laughs> I'm not going to hide your username. You're going on my story and I'm letting people know that you're a wanker. Um, and yeah, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. Bye. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Rowanverse content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.